boys screws loose with them, stripped the bolts on them. Should have never sent them to pick up the work for them. Sprayed the park and had my shit inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on him. Said if he wasn't in a rush, they was all gone. Right. Greetings, shuttlings. Welcome to another episode of Chuddy's Corner. It's uh, Sunday, November 19th, just past 11 o'clock on the East Coast. Uh, Celtics were able to walk away with a 102-100 victory against the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. Uh, we're going to break down all the uh, game action and some around the NBA. But first, I am your host, Doug Outs. Uh, with me, as always, is Chuddy, King Chuddy. How you doing tonight? Uh, doing well. Had to grind. Wasn't as easy as we thought, but a win is a win in this league. That's right. Um, as always, before we get into it, make sure you follow the show page at Chuddy's Corner. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Doug underscore outs and make sure you follow Chuddy at King Chuddy on Twitter. Special thanks to to our host, Nick Prano.com. Nick Prano Real Estate, uh, all your real estate needs right at their fingertips. Also, all things Chuddy's Corner uh, hosted right there. So, Again, Celtics 102-100 victory was not at all the way I think a lot of people were expecting things to go. Uh, much closer, much more difficult than we all imagined. So, Chuddy, go ahead. Give us your takeaways. What did you see tonight? Well, like you said, a lot closer than I think anyone would have anticipated this game being. And um, that's, you know, kind of the way it goes in the NBA. The Celtics came out, scored the first six points, uh, going right at the basket, three Quick uh, buckets in a row. Grizzlies called the timeout, settled down. Very quick timeout and an uh, important one because it seemed like the Celtics came out like they were ready to blow the doors off. The Grizzlies settled right back in there. Uh, Desmond Bain, Santi Aldama, absolutely massive nights, keeping them in the ball game. And yeah. from there, the Celtics, um, you know, I don't want to say it was like a letdown or they didn't take them seriously, but they were far from their best. They were far from their elite execution on both ends of the court. They let the Grizzlies hang around and you know, you see this all the time in sports with a with somewhat lesser opponent. You let them hang around, you give them belief and they're going to take that opportunity. And that's exactly what the Grizzlies did. We gave them belief. They said, Hey, we can hang around. We just never put them away. I don't think we ever got up by more than eight points the entire game. Uh, they were right in it, played us tight right down to the buzzer, just super sloppy stuff by the Celtics, especially on the offensive end. Uh, 20 assists, 17 turnovers is just awful. Um, gave up, I think the Grizzlies attempted like 15, maybe, maybe even 17 more shots total on the game. Uh, they had a ton of offensive rebounds that we let up. They got way more threes up there. Um, we only, we shot only other than nine of 31, I believe on threes was the final tally. I'm not looking at it right now. The percentage was all right, but they attempted, I think 15 more threes than us. Hauser went five for seven from behind the stripe. The rest of the team, uh, barely was doing anything. I don't think another Celtic even hit a three until like eight minutes left in the third when Jalen finally hit one. Yeah. Um, Jason Tatum, eight turnovers, just uh, uncharacteristically sloppy with his decision-making. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, sketchy stuff on that offensive end to seem like there was no purpose. The refs had their fingerprints all over this game. Um, both teams were extremely unhappy all night, and it really... The constant whistles, there was just no flow to this game. Neither team could really get anything going, it seemed like, without there being a stoppage. The Celtics had, had no pace. I mean, 102 to 100, obviously, is very low scoring for the way rock we've fight. been playing. Yeah, it was an absolute rock fight. Um, and, you know, having said all of those things, the Celtics managed to pull it out at the end. They, uh, I guess, executed when they had to. The last, the last stretch of the game was very crazy. It was, of course, tied at 100. 
Uh, Tatum got the ball down in the post. A double came, arguably a triple came. He had a beautiful pass to hit a cutting Porzingis for an easy dunk. That way it at 102-100. Celtics got a stop, came back down uh, up two. Chance to ice it away. Tatum, they went right back to that post. The help did not come. Tatum took a, a kind of deep mid-range fadeaway, back-rimmed out. Celtics got the offensive rebound. Had a chance to hold on to the ball and get fouled, but Tatum made a nice pass to Holiday on the cut. And Holiday, instead of pulling it out, trying to get fouled, he chose to go for the dunk. He missed the dunk. Uh, so it was kind of a crazy, frenetic sequence at the end. <laughs> Neither team called timeout. Then the Grizzlies raced the ball back up court, moved it around, got a beautiful wide-open look for Santi Aldama, who had been arguably the best player on the court and the hottest shooter all night. I can't believe that. Um, I hadn't heard of that name until tonight, and that's oh that's no, Santi Aldama is that guy. Hell of a player. Yeah. Um, but he, I mean, that was probably the best look he got all night and seemingly one of the only looks he missed, luckily for us. Uh, the rebound went out to Zaire Williams, who tried to uh, kind of quickly shoot up a turnaround. Jumper would have been right at the buzzer, and Porzingis was in his face to absolutely smother that and uh, block it. Hold on for the win. So nothing about this game was pretty, but uh, again, a win is a win. And kind of like we said last game with Toronto, in the NBA, every team's going to have bad losses. Every team's going to have no-shows. So to have that kind of a game and still pull out a win is obviously good, even if it's against um, a lesser opponent. And, I mean, again, the Grizzlies are a lesser opponent, but they're a very well-coached team. They're a very prideful team. They got up for this game, and they um, you know, they still have two really good players out there in Desmond Bain and Jared Jackson Jr., who were pretty good tonight. Um so, I mean, again, can't clearly a reminder, you can't take anything for granted in this league. Uh, you know, any anything could happen on any given night, and the Grizzlies gave us all we could handle. So I, I think we're actually lucky to probably to come out of there with a win. If we didn't shoot 15 more free throws than them, we probably don't win this game. Yeah. Um, I, just to just go over some of those stats. So we were 12 for 31 from three. Uh, the Grizzlies were 17 for 44. And like you said, too, uh, we were th- – we got up 77 shots. Grizzlies got up 95 shots. So like That's you said, crazy. they were just, just shooting way more shots than we were. Um, That's what yeah, happens when was, you turn the ball over 17 times and give yeah, up what, exactly. 15 offensive rebounds. Yeah, the turnovers were an absolute disaster. Uh, it, it definitely looks like uh, we came in tonight just totally expecting to coast through it. And, you know, and we almost paid the ultimate. Like you said, it's good to get away with the win. Um, but it's hard to really take a lot of good things out of this game just with the way that the <laughs> team played aside from the win. Other than that, I mean – um, that's Santi Almada guy, Aldama, Aldama, yeah. Santi Aldama. Spanish uh, national I mean, 26 team. points, 12 rebounds. The guy basically balled out against us. So I thought he had more than that even. No, yeah. Uh, all it was? 28, 28 points, yeah. 12 rebounds. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. he again, was like you said, at the, at the end of the day, you know, this is a team we should have uh, handled pretty easily, missing almost every one of their good players. They had, I think the, the injury report at the start of the game was like almost taking up the whole entire screen. Yeah. Um, so, it's just kind of a, you know, hopefully there's a, the takeaway in the locker room is that there's going to be no easy wins. I think every team is going to give us their best effort. Uh, I think that's kind of the nature of the beast when you're, um, the, you know, yeah, when you're exactly. had the expectations we have. Um, but yeah, just a, just a pretty, pretty ugly game all around. I it mean, if, uh, in the second half, uh, the Celtics scored 46 points in the whole second half. The Grizzlies scored yeah. uh, 47. So they outscored us by one in the second half, but it was uh, it was just an ugly, gross game. Um, <laughs> definitely not at all what I was expecting. I was expecting kind of an easy. I think one of your keys to the game was to let the bench get involved. Um, Hauser did have a lot of points. He had a good game. Hauser was he had, great. 
yeah, Hauser, Hauser played really well. He had 15 points, but most of those came in the first quarter. He had like four three pointers in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, other than that, it was just just a pretty ugly, gross game. So I'm glad we got away <laughs> with the win. But um, you know, I think that hopefully the takeaway in the locker room is that you know there's not going to be any. We can't really sleepwalk through many games. Night one of a back to back. Yep. You know, we kind of put the pressure on us now to have to show up tomorrow night in Charlotte. So sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we do. I was hoping, like you said, to get the bench involved. He was hoping this would be one of those games where they can kind of rest the starters the entire fourth quarter. Not the case at all. All the starters were up in the mid thirties of minutes. So, yep. I mean, it, it it had to be done. But um, <laughs> at least you know, I feel it would have felt a lot worse if we were leaving after a loss, which easily could have been the case. But I mean, again, the Grizzlies, you know, that's their whole thing: grit and grind. And you could tell they were, they just were playing so physical with the Celtics; they were bothering us. It seemed like there were so many times where the Celtics were driving either um, in transition or in the half court, driving into contact and kind of just expecting a foul. And the Grizzlies are kind of just grabbing the ball and knocking it away, tying them up for jump balls. Um, Very active hands by the Grizzlies. They have a few guys, obviously Jaron Jackson Jr., who's the reigning defensive player of the year, is a great defensive player. But I mean, Biombo is big and can bang down low. Big body David Roddy is huge. Kenny Lofton yeah. Jr. is absolutely massive. He was um, a, he's a he's a chunky dude. Yeah, they got big boys. They got some yeah. seriously big boys. And it's and and Taylor Jenkins again. It's a hell of a coach. And obviously Marcus Smart didn't play in this game, but I'm sure there was a little element. You know, he's still obviously in that team huddle in the locker room. I'm sure he's telling his guys. You know, they wanted to go out and win for him to play well for Marcus. I'm sure he was telling them some of his tricks on what to do to the Celtics. So I'm sure this game meant a little more. And even if not for that factor, like you said, when the Celtics are running through the NBA like this, we're going to get everyone's best shot. You know, this is where every team's Super Bowl, so to speak. So there really are going to be no nights off uh, in that sense. So the Celtics, when they don't show up like that, it's going to allow even a lesser team. You know, like we said, every, every team in the NBA is good and has really good players. So if you let them stay in the game and you give them confidence, they're going to take it. And that that's what they did the entire night. So impressive showing by the Grizzlies. One thing uh, schematically, you could tell coach Jenkins and the Grizzlies, they were planning to kind of force us to beat them inside. They were kind of lulling us into the paint where they have all those big bodies they were yeah. absolutely taking away the three-point line. Tatum didn't even attempt the three till like, I think, halfway through the first quarter. He hit the one he took. Uh, that was his first three-point attempt of the game. I mean, I've already mentioned nobody but Hauser even made a three in the first half. So it was clearly a point of emphasis for them to take away the three-point line. And basically, you know, I think they assumed the Celtics thought they'd go in, kind of coast through this game and play that beautiful style of offense we've been playing. And the Grizzlies were like, no, we're going to muck this up. We are going to force you to drive into contact and do it over and over again. And basically they're like, we don't think you have the discipline to keep doing it. Um, And the Celtics kind of proved them right for large stretches of the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, so we had 42 points in the paint. Um, And again, I think we had to work for all of them. Right. That was, and I think that was kind of part of the, the scheme because the threes were just not really uh, falling for us. We weren't getting a lot of them off. So they weren't. Uh, there. Yeah. I think overall the Grizzlies, yeah. I think like they played said, well. They, credit yeah, to them. Exactly. You got to give credit to the Grizzlies. You know, it, it's um, well, thankful that we come out with the win. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'd say more often than not, if you show up and play the way that we played tonight, you're not going to get away with that win. So, yeah. Porzingis. We got to be happy for it. They might have just been too much, you know. The, the Grizzlies just have too much kind of adversity going ahead of them. And Porzingis obviously had a pretty good game, too. I think he had, like, six blocks tonight, too. He did, was, yeah. And one of them at the end, very important one at the end. 
sealed the so, game, yeah. But he was flying around on D all night. Um, he was good on offense, too. I mean, he was working those mismatches in the post, but it kind of reminded me of that first Philly game where it felt like Porzingis was putting up stats and scoring. Right, but it was like the Grizzlies were happy to live with that, and they were kind of like, you know, if you're going to beat us playing out of the post like that, we can live with that. But they're like, yeah. we can't live with you making 25 threes. Um, and, you know, that seems to be a good strategy, and I wonder if this is kind of like a blueprint that teams will try to adapt against us and dare us to basically keep feeding the post and keep working through Chris Stapps in the post, which when we did it, it's effective, but it's hard to keep up over the entire span of a game. And it's not like natural to most of our players. And it takes, I guess our best guys kind of out of their flow and the way that they want to play. So again, credit to the Grizzlies clear coaching point of emphasis. And for the most part, it really worked well. Um, again, we were kind of able to steal it and overcome it, but I think, uh, for the most part, they dictated how the game went and it played into their hands, and that's what allowed them to be so competitive. Yeah, I mean, 31 three-point attempts, that's, I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but that's got to be like a season low, probably yeah. for the team. Right. The percentage um, wasn't even that terrible. Gary Washburn's probably excited. <laughs> this is what Washburn thinks is the best this game to play all year. Game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but the Grizzlies on offense, too, credit to them, because they knew, you know, we were playing that drop coverage, and they were Pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll. Desmond Bain was pulling up comfortably into space. Aldama obviously was too. I mean, those guys are getting great looks and they're great shooters. Like I said, you let them keep getting these good looks. They're going to keep making them and they did. I mean, it was literally those two guys. I think Bain had 30, Aldama had 28, Jaron Jackson had 17, mostly in the first half. No one else on the Grizzlies made more than a basket or two. I mean, it was pretty much those three guys scored almost all of the points. Um, yeah. And it was almost enough. So, I mean, again, the Celtics... We're lucky they're so shorthanded and really had no one else who was able to step up and help them out. Um, or, you know, it could have been a different story. But credit to Bain. I mean, I, I was saying before game before the game, they didn't really have a guy who could He's run their offense. Guy, but, yeah. He, yeah, he played great. And, I mean, Aldama stepped up who's you know he's been a good bench player he's a good player for the spanish national team and but uh i mean this was had to be one of the better the better outputs of his career again <laughs> yeah. probably thrust into a larger role because of all the injuries absolutely and this and that. but uh he <laughs> certainly made the most of it so credit to him um you know i was impressed with what i saw the fight in that grizzly team and it's just kind of sad what's happened to their season but i guess worked out for us tonight <laughs> yeah um, so again, uh, we had 17 turnovers, not at all what you want to see. I think Brutal. that was part of the Grizzlies game plan. They forced a lot of turnovers when this team, when the Celtics turn the ball over, um, this is kind of like what happens. That's kind of the key. If you can force turnovers on us, I think you're going to keep every game close to us. I mean, that's not exactly a hot take. That's pretty much true all around, but, <laughs> um, 17 turnovers to their nine turnovers. Um, yeah. and again, they just had that guy, Aldama Huge just difference. was going off. Desmond Bain sh- certainly showed up. Yeah. Um, you know, the offensive rebounds, 14 to nine uh, towards the Grizzlies. Um, so there's just a lot of, you know, 21 second chance points. Just overall, just a sloppy game. Again, I think that there's, you don't want to, you know, make a uh, mountain out of a molehill here. But, no. um, you know, if we show up kind of sleepwalking in games, you know, it's just kind of a sign because this Grizzlies team is not good. So no. it kind of shows you, you know, how important it is to show up to every game, make sure you play. Because like you said, every team is going to give us their best. So, um do you have anything else X's and O's wise on this game? I mean, I feel, it's crazy for a game as close as it is. I feel like I don't have like a whole lot of like, you know, other things to kind of break down. I mean, we just kind of showed up and just fucking played like assholes in a way. Like, you um, know, so. Yeah. One thing just is like an early thing, but I just hate this. And he's been doing it a few times. Joe used his challenge on an out of bounds play like two minutes into the game, which yeah. first of all, I just hate. Unless it's, like, a critical end-of-game situation, I don't want to use a challenge unless it's, like, 
immediately results in points going on or off the board. So just me, just challenge it out of bounds, no matter, even if you are 100% know that you're going to win it, it's just not good use of the challenge. It has yeah. to be like a foul that's taking points off the board, putting points on the board. And I mean, you just see the difference where that was our challenge versus they challenged uh, a Tatum a three that was called three a foul. Three that got turned into an And they turned foul. it, right. So that's a direct sw- swing of three to five points plus a foul on Tatum. Hours, we lost the challenge and then didn't have one the rest of the game, which would have been nice because there was horrible call after horrible call. Um, so just in general, I don't like using that challenge there, even if yeah, you I almost it. I know feel you like the, back, the but... timing of that challenge was almost like, almost like further shows. I think that they just kind of came in this game thinking that it was just going to be kind of like an easy win. They're just sort of like, oh, fuck it. We used the yeah. challenge early and, you know, it's not going to really matter in the end. And the, like you said, there was, there was some bad calls throughout the game. So, um, you know, yeah, there, there were some bad calls. Uh, felt I like mean, the whole team from top to bottom just sort of rolled into this thinking that they were going to blow this team out. And, I think so. I, th- I don't think they <laughs> were at all expecting to have to work nearly as hard as they did. Um, but, I mean, again, at the end of the day, I guess we should be happy they were able to dig down and um, get it done when they had to. But This I mean, does yeah. feel like the kind of game that we would lose in previous years. So right. There's that. Exactly. But, and, I mean, it, it is still a win. I don't want to be too negative ever for a win at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like, especially an offense, just completely out of sorts, could not get in any rhythm. It was like, at no point did we have multiple possessions strung together where we were playing, you know, getting good looks. Um, and again, a lot of that was the way the Grizzlies were defending, how hard they were defending, but a lot of it was just our guys who are usually extremely reliable being very sloppy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add just specifically to this game or? Um, it was kind of cool to see the debut of Nemeas Kita. It was oh, yeah. because of yeah, foul Kida. trouble, but he was a preseason star, a uh, big guy. He went in there, didn't do a whole lot, but he definitely provided some energy. He looked quick for a guy with that kind of size on it. I mean, he looked absolutely lost on defense on his first possession, but <laughs> he kind of settled in. I thought bought us some minutes when, uh, Porzingis was in foul trouble. Um, so, I mean, that's, I guess, something nice. Lamar Stevens also came in, I think, which was Kind of a schematic yeah, two thing because, for uh, yeah, and again, I think that's just how much they were dominating us with the pick and roll and the drop coverage. I think they threw Stevens in there to add more of a switching presence, um, and he was able to jump out and take away some of those like shots they were just kind of stepping into in rhythm. So, um, you know, hard to say either of those guys had a huge tangible impact on the game, but I thought it was very interesting that uh, Joe went to both of them, and I thought they at least held their own. So I'll definitely be interested to see if. Kita gets more opportunities in the future, maybe a longer leash because he was uh, in the based on the preseason. He seemed like someone who could potentially great, yeah. help us. Yeah, so I, nice I was to, a big fan of his in the preseason. I'm yeah. not really sure. And Cornette did not get any minutes, so it was uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's sort of an interesting thing with the rotations. It's kind of like when guys are getting used or not. I don't know if that has to do with the back to back or just. No, I mean, I think we keep but... saying it's still you know it's Al Pritchard and Hauser seem pretty settled, and I think that last you know one, two spots, if even, are, are going to be something they probably tinker with and keep giving guys chances, and we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, again, Celtics, 102-100 win, a fucking rock fight all the way through. <laughs> um, just like a really gross game, but, again, you can't get too upset over a win. Um, so, we took the first game of back-to-back. We go to Charlotte tomorrow for another game, so hopefully, um, you know, 
would have loved to have gotten more rest for some guys, but it is what it is. Yeah, we we get away with the win, so we move to eleven and two in the season. Celtics are actually fifteen and one in the last sixteen games against the Grizzlies too. We kind of yeah. own own this team, which is so weird because they, they've been, been good for that. most. Of, they've been mostly good for yeah. that brand too. Yeah, so I mean, I wonder if that's you know that's kind of part of it. They're just kind of sick of losing to this to to us. So <laughs> yeah, um, you know, we we walk we factors. sort of slept walk into the game and we almost paid the ultimate again we got out and of the i think win, they've also two. now their season's gone so poorly and their record so bad that they've also got that like kind of playing with house money like they have nothing to lose at yeah. this point so it's easy to right. just go out with no like nobody was expecting them to even make this a game so in a way it almost makes it easier for them to go out and just play completely carefree and uh it showed they looked like the more confident team yeah um, all right, so uh, yeah, so that that's kind of wraps it up for the game recap. One hundred two, one hundred. Celtic move to eleven and two. Uh, Porzingis twenty six points, eight rebounds, six blocks. Actually, I do have um, a stat about that. Uh, let me pull this up here real quick. Um, Porzingis, uh, the only other Celtics with twenty six points, eight rebounds, six blocks, and a sixty six sixty seven percent field goal percentage. Robert Parrish did it three times. Kevin McHale did it once, and Porzingis did it tonight. So, okay, that's kind of a nice little stat. Uh, good company. Yeah, exactly. Pretty good company for him. <laughs> so, um, just just you know, I'd say again, like you said, some of that might have been what they were trying to force him to do. But either way, it was it was a good game for Porzingis. Uh, yeah. Tatum twenty points, nine rebounds, five assists. Hauser fifteen points. Um, the I promise eventually, if you keep tailing me, it's going to pay off. The uh, <laughs> the if you you're an, You'd be an idiot not to tail me. Parlay again falls a little bit short tonight. Uh, Derek White did not get the three-point shot going. Tatum ends up falling uh, even below his uh, point total, which seemed like it was going pretty well in the first half. So I promise eventually it's going to pay off, and it will be well worth it to continue to tail. So, um, But, yeah, so we'll, we'll wrap it up there on the game recap. What do you have uh, as far as uh, some around the league information here? Yeah, so first up and around the league, we talked about uh, Daniel Tice getting bought out, signing with the Clippers. He made his debut the other night, and it was just vintage Tice. He came in and immediately got posterized on his first possession by <laughs> Alperin Sengun. Uh, and, you know, took it like a champ, as he always does. Ran He's up the never court. Never afraid and to get in the mix. Moments later, got absolutely posterized again by Tari Eason. So <laughs> it was just like the perfect, like, oh, Tice, we've missed you. There, there's oh. the Tice we know and love, just not being afraid to keep going up there. He does keep... not know the definition of a business decision. <laughs> no, he doesn't. And you know what? That's I respect that. That's If you're a backup center, you, you can't be making business decisions. Your business no. is contesting and fouling, and he was – not on the right end of either one, but uh, <laughs> good to have him back in our lives, so that was oh, fun. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. In that same game, the Clippers finally got their first win with uh, the system, James Harden, who actually played a really good game. I think he had a team-high 27 points, and he hit the game-winning step-back three and one to break a 100-tie against a pretty good Rockets team. Really good game, so it definitely seems like the Clippers are at least starting to figure some things out, moving in the right direction. Um with Westbrook on the bench, it all kind of makes a little more sense. So it's a long season. We'll see if they can figure things out, but definitely some signs of life from your favorite team. Huh. <laughs> um, all right. Moving down the list, we had, uh, again, a shitty-ish situation that we talked about. That's Miles Bridges, the known scumbag who was came back to the Hornets finally after a year and change yeah. away from the team. He made his debut Friday in Charlotte, came into a kind of awkward standing ovation from the crowd. Very that was weird. Weird scene um, all around, and he played pretty well on the court and 
probably will just be like a part of that team going forward, which uh, I guess I'm glad I'm not a Charlotte fan and don't have to root for that. We will <laughs> see them tomorrow, of course. So hopefully he gets uh, dunked on. Yeah, should be interesting. But uh, I mean, a good player, I guess, back on the court for them. But I can't imagine anyone feels particularly good about it or particularly good rooting for him if they're a Hornets fan. Um, again, just kind of hate that that's something we even have to talk about. But we'll be talking about it more tomorrow, of course, when we play the Hornets. Um, and beyond that, we had just an incredible night in the NBA last night. A bunch of games going down to the wire. First, we had um, the Timberwolves with a huge win after Anthony Edwards fouling out. Carl Anthony Towns picked it up, made the game winner. Um, that's another road win for the Timberwolves, who are 4-1 and one on their road trip, and that was a massive second-half comeback to beat a Pelicans team that's been playing really well lately. Um, I should just – I just want to real quickly chime in. So, folks, uh, this is the dedication of the game. Chuddy's recording from his phone today, so every time he cuts out there, uh, it's just because he's on the phone. Some issues uh, with the normal device updates. We were not going to – risk missing the podcast tonight so um chuddy every time he goes off the camera that's only because he's so dedicated to the job um, mm-hmm. that he's looking up his notes on his phone there so Wilson i just want to is back yeah so the camera <laughs> keeps cutting out so i just wanted i just wanted to point that out in case there's anyone listening or, or i should say watching um and they're wondering where you keep going in and out it's it's strictly because of the dedication to the game <laughs> yes well let me keep the video on while i look at any other tabs but that's part of the game um, so, yeah, impressive win that was for the Timberwolves. They keep keep showing us that they are legit and, um, you know, working their way more into that title contender conversation by the day. Yeah. With wins like no, that. Oh, yeah, that's a good team. That's a team that uh, I just feel like they have the types of things that you can make a deep run with. And Anthony Edwards just sort of taking that next step is is the main part of that. So Yeah, and also Carl Anthony Towns embracing that it's Edwards' team now and finding his own role. Because, I mean, we've kind of talked about how we don't love Cap, but if he can find a way to be a secondary guy and to play the right role, he's obviously a very talented player Definitely. who brings a huge element to that team that they don't otherwise have. So uh, look out. I'll be looking forward to when we play them again. I'm not sure when it's coming up on the schedule, but that'll that'll be another fun test to uh, have another crack at them because they're playing some damn good ball. Yeah, another fun game last night we had was the Mavericks and the Bucks. The Mavericks, um, the Bucks ended up pulling it out with a massive, I think, 44-27 fourth quarter to come back. A big comeback win for the Bucks. And it seems like they're definitely starting to figure some things out with that two-man game, especially in offense. Defense still has a lot of question marks, but uh, Giannis and Lillard together starting to look really good. That was a very impressive win, probably their best game of the season. Um, even in the loss, got to tip my cap to Dallas. They have been a lot better than I thought they'd be, and uh, the Luka Kyrie game is working really well. Kind of, it's been quiet, which you know is usually when it's good for Kyrie is when you're not hearing a lot about him. He's just yeah. showing up, playing well, so. I'm sure, you know, give it a week or two, something crazy will happen and uh, derail that team somehow. But for now, um, they're looking like a pretty legit team. I don't know if they're quite on contender status, but I was not very high on them coming into the season, and it seems like they actually might be in a lot better shape than I would have thought, even though they lost. I thought that was a really good game. Then we also had a fascinating game in Chicago as the Heat jumped out to a 22-1 lead (laughs) on the Bulls. Uh, The Bulls went more than the first seven minutes of the game without making a basket, something they haven't done since 1999. <laughs> so insane. And the most insane part is that the Bulls came back and won Even this game insane. at the end. Yeah. Um, 
just an awesome comeback. Uh, it was talk about a rock fight. Neither team reached 100, so the Bulls were just slowly crawling their way back to the end. And then uh, Debo hit a shot in the final seconds to get the win, close it out. So cool win to see. Obviously, as a Miami Heat hater, always love that. Um, although it was also interesting, we talked about Zach Levine, how he's now kind of openly been in trade rumors. I'm not really sure what happened, but after the Bulls pulled that win out, he kind of stormed off. He almost like shoved a female reporter out of the way who was trying to like (laughs) stop him for an interview. So no idea. I don't know what his deal was there. That was bizarre. Very bizarre. Um, after, you know, what should have been a positive moment, one of their better wins of the season, obviously a huge comeback, but there's obviously something going on with the vibes there. So, uh, maybe that trade will be coming sooner than later based on that. And then, uh, the final thing from last night, the game of the night at the end of the night, Oklahoma City with a big comeback to beat the Golden State Warriors. This is just super fun game to watch. It felt it really felt like one of those like the old guard taking on the new guard. Um, yeah. The Warriors were absolutely kind of standing their ground. Yeah, Chet Holmgren, who had a huge night, the best night of his career. I think he finished with 36, 10, and 5. And he hit a shot. If you haven't seen it, he caught the ball kind of running towards the inbounder uh, with about a second left. He caught it, turn around and hit a fadeaway three, all kind of in one motion to send the game to overtime. Yeah, was He pretty. was fired up. Uh, and then Shea had, Shea had 10 points in OT to finish with 40. The OKC got the win. Uh, awesome win. I mean, another team that is super fun to watch ahead of schedule and just really damn good is the Thunder. Uh, that is a fun team. That was a fun game. So, again, awesome night. So many good endings, so many good games, so many good teams. This league just continues to blow me away with the talent all over the league. Um, super fun to watch and just I can't get enough. And then tonight, as we were recording, we had one of the games of the year with the Suns and the Jazz who just met the other night uh, in a hard-fought battle. They played again tonight in Utah. Phoenix took it home in double overtime, 140-137. Uh, awesome game. Durant was amazing. Booker did play. Beal did not. Um, <laughs> but, again, it's just it's just nonstop. Good games everywhere you look. Uh, I can't get enough of this. It's already has been a great season and just going to keep getting better and better. Yeah, um, just a real quick circle back on the Chet Holmgren thing. What are your – like, what are your thoughts on the rookie of the year like race right now? I think a lot of people think Wemby just has it locked up, but I feel like Chet Holmgren's been playing some pretty good basketball and had some pretty good signature moments. So, yeah, rookie of the year on is that? one of those really tough awards because how do you judge a guy like Wemby, who seemingly is just going to be on an awful team and will probably have the the gaudiest stats, uh, but like no team success versus Holmgren, who's on a Thunder team that's you know competing for a top seed, like. So I, I don't know, like normally I think you would lean more towards valuing someone who's contributing to winning, even if the lesser stats, but historically with rookie of the year, they've kind of just gone to the guy who has the highest usage and puts up the biggest stats. So we'll see if that's true. I have a uh, a massive plus, I don't even remember the odds, but I put a huge bet in on Keontae George to win rookie of the year. That's my guy uh, for the Utah Jazz. He's already climbed into the starting lineup and has been super impressive, so I'm holding out hope there, but uh, realistically, it'll probably come down to Wemby or Chet. And again, yeah. I think it's kind of what the voters value more. But um, so far, I mean, super impressed with both guys. And again, I mean, fit is so much because Wemby is on a team that is, I'm not even sure they're actively trying to win. Everyone around him is just a total mess. They're playing Jeremy Sohan at point guard, who <laughs> I like him as a player, but he's he's a power forward. He's he's like a, not a real point guard. They're straight up playing at point guard. Um and it's it's been an absolute disaster. Teams are just blitzing him, taking the ball away from him. Um, 
his pick and roll points for possession are amongst the lowest in the league. So I think just putting competent players around Wemby would even make him look so much better. Um, but that team is, is kind of floundering. And I'm, again, I'm not sure they're like determined to try to win right now. Whereas Chet is obviously on a team with SGA, J-Dub. Yeah. And that um, whole rebuild, that whole rebuild seems like it's came around a lot. I mean, they still have a ton of picks too. And that, okay. Yeah. More than so they can ever possibly use. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, uh, too, yeah. yeah, no, at some point, I think a consolidation move will have to come for OKC. It'll be super interesting because yeah, they have, I mean, SGA, Chet, J-Dub are like an amazing big three of young players. And then that's not even counting Giddy who like can't even find his way onto the court because they almost don't like need his creation with everything else they've got. They just drafted Cason Wallace who looks like he's going to be an awesome two-way player for them as well. Um, and I mean, the Isaiah Joe is one of the best sharpshooters in the league. Uh, Kenrich Williams is just an elite role player. Lou Dort obviously is still a great player. Somehow is still Dortmund. only like, and he's only like 24 years old still. So this team is just stacked with what young talent. Um, the one thing they're missing is like a true big guy as Holmgren. I mean, he's big, but he's not like really a true center. He's been playing center and he's yeah. been doing a really admirable job of it, but they're probably going to run into some struggles when they go against the true uh, big boys in the league. So I don't know if there's something they can pull to get like a real center on that team, or if they're even interested in going in on more talent now, but a uh, ton of options for Sam Presti, the GM and a zillion picks to play with. So that'll be a fun team to watch. And that'll be a team that I think will probably be in the, in the real contender mix sooner than later as well. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. So that's, I'm trying to think if I had it. Oh, I should just say hand up. I got fooled by NBA mm. Central on our mm. around the league last uh, episode. Hate to see, hate to Zion see it. Williamson was not in a fight outside of a strip mall or whatever. That was a video that was like two years old that <laughs> it was NBA Central. It's actually kind of a funny story. The guy who runs the NBA Central account, like reached out to me and asked, I, I had posted that I got duped. And he was like, what did you get duped by? I said, well, the Zion <laughs> video, you got me. And he just like cried. He's like, he gave like the crying emojis. It was like, oh, like, forgive me. And I just gave him, you know, I gave him the, um, the Omar, the Omar little, just it's all in the game. You know, yeah. you spend oh, yeah. enough time on the internet, you're going to get fucking duped. So exactly. Um, and also, up, I did get duped. For the record, not only was it an old grainy video, it was not even actually Zion in the video, right? Oh, no, yeah, no, it wasn't right, Zion right. at all. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. was just, yeah, it wasn't at all. Just a, just big a random dude fight. That, yeah, just like a <laughs> yeah. big dude. Who, yeah, so. Yeah, um, I have to even that's take a little, me. I have to even take NBA a little blame of, how I have to take some blame thing. for not reacting more to the fact that you were telling me Zion got in a brawl and knocked people out. <laughs> and I was yeah. just like, oh, that's interesting. Um, I'm yeah. sure I would have known about that if it had happened. So I probably, yeah, I probably well, should have pushed back a little more. He was playing in that game. I was just like, oh, well, right. you know, maybe yeah, it's just, I, you know, it hasn't I, happened. I, nothing's happened yet, but. I should have been a yeah. little more skeptical. Um, I mean, this is the reason that accounts that... good. They got they they. There's a couple of the videos that I've almost did a double take. I forget they had something else too recently where I had to almost do like a double take, but I did not do a double take this time. Mm, and that's on me. So <laughs> it happens to the best of us. <laughs> that's yeah. That's what I get for trying to contribute to the around the league talk. And I mean, hey, we there's there's a reason we employ someone whose main job it is to to fact check. So hopefully right, that yes, stuff won't be happening the, anymore. Shout out. At Chuddy Fact Check, the intern. I know he was disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping him busy. Yeah, um, just making sure he's paying attention. <laughs> all right, so uh, so yeah, so we are uh, night one of a back to back. Any uh, just with some quick uh, things to look for tomorrow in the game against Charlotte? Uh, yeah, I mean Charlotte 
couple of old friends on that one, of course. Terry Rozier's injured, but Gordon Hayward will be playing. Has been playing pretty well. Lamelo Ball, we talked about the tattoo situation, but he is uh, back on the court. Has been playing well. I think this is a team that people probably hear Charlotte and assume that they absolutely suck. But when they're healthy, they're not quite as bad as people think. They're they can be a fun team again. Miles Bridges, we just talked about coming in and kind of killing the vibes. And any uh, it's hard to call them fun when they're employing yeah. that guy and trotting him out for meaningful minutes, but. Again, between LaMelo, Hayward, now Bridges, P.J. Washington, they've got Mark Williams and Nick Richard, a couple of really young bigs uh, who have been playing well. So, again, a team that we certainly should be, should be able to handle, but I think probably better than a lot of people might think. So, I mean, you know, good lesson tonight. You can't take this for granted. Um, it's yeah, I was the just last say. of three, ne- three games and four nights. I'm sure the team will be eager to be done with this and get back home, but... Got to go out tomorrow, take care of business, and finish finish off the job, finish off this road trip. Uh, it's important. So again, if if you let if you let down, keep the Hornets in the game, give them confidence. They'll be able to play. But generally, they play kind of like a pickup style, uh, schoolyard ball. They don't really play any defense. So again, I think if we come out, focus, execute on both ends, it's uh, they shouldn't be able to give us much trouble. Yeah, and yeah, and hopefully they learn something from tonight. So. There's going to be no easy wins. Hopefully they can come back. Uh, not looking too far ahead to that game on Wednesday against the Bucks. But yeah, so should, that should be at least a fun, at least an exciting game to watch. Um, just like you said, the way that Charlotte plays. Um, just as long as we don't play down to their to their skill level. So um, yeah, I don't know if you have anything else to add or if that's a, if that's an episode there. But no, I think that's about it. There's one. <laughs> One more thing, going back to the Celtics game, because we haven't talked about this in a while, but it's been a staple topic of Chuddy's Corner. There was a play towards the end of the first half where Desmond Bain was kind of driving into Holiday, and he kind of gave him the half push-off with his right arm, and Drew fell and went flying back like three feet, like sliding on his ass. Bain hit a wide-open three. So the refs, it was a no-call. But again, this is my problem with the rule. If If you're saying there's not contact and there's not a foul then you're essentially saying Drew flopped. Because if he wasn't pushed, then he must be <laughs> flopping. So it's right. this is the thing. Like, it has to be one or the other. So if you're calling nothing, you're saying that you don't think it was a foul. So if you don't think it was a foul and Drew goes flying across the floor, it's like, then he must have flopped. How else did he get on the floor? So uh, again, I think I haven't heard anything about that flopping rule. Like No consistency. Yeah. Um, so that was just something. It was in the Celtics game, but just a league-wide takeaway since those first few nights where I have barely seen any of this at all. So, yeah. Well, keep an eye out for. But again, I haven't seen many of those flopping tees since like the first like two or three games. And the fact yeah. that Embiid hasn't been called one kind of just makes the whole <laughs> fucking rule stupid. Yeah, clearly. Um. Yeah. So all right. So Celtics win. They escape from a rock fight in Memphis. Yeah. Uh, one hundred two to one hundred. Uh, we moved to 11 and two on the season, still the best record in the East. Best record um, in the league. Best record in the league. Even better. Um, and we go into Charlotte's Marta for the second half of the back to back. So hopefully the team comes in a little bit more focused. Yep. And uh, yeah, so we'll see everyone here tomorrow. Make sure that you follow uh, the page at Chuddy's Corner, at King Chuddy on Twitter, at Doug underscore outs on Twitter. And also make sure you're checking out nickperino.com for all your real estate needs. Um, that's it for Chuddy's Corner tonight, folks. It's about uh, eleven forty here on the East Coast Sunday night. Uh, great way to wrap up the weekend um, with an ugly win. Who could ask for more? <laughs> Chuddy, you have a good night. I will see you tomorrow. Peace out, Chuddy Eds. <laughs>